it in unity. And that's really, can we have that PowerPoint up? Thanks, Rubes. Really, that was the focus of our first week uh, looking at the uh, pictures of Jesus' church. We all, we all understand our vision and our values in the context that has been formulated into a nice sentence and, and our four icons and things like that. We've talked about that enough to really understand it, but the one point that ne- needs to be continually be reiterated... No, nah, that's the wrong one, brother. Let's go with uh, Pictures of Jesus Church, a vision series, week three. You did well, though. I didn't realize that one was on there, so that's my bad. Um, that would be a good message, though. We could have done that one, but that's all good. Uh, we've got to understand that the Spirit of God breathes on unity. And the reason he's been so uh, profound today working in your life is how many people were standing, how many people were touched. You're all in unity around the concept that you want to move forward and you want to go towards the beat of the drum of God's heart. Okay? You're also in unity to understand that God's got a call for each and every one of you. As members of the body, he's called us to be completely together in unity. That your focus isn't about getting to the pulpit, and that means that you've made it. Your focus isn't discovering who God's called you to be in your uniqueness and the way he's designed you to be so that you can outwork for the kingdom so that the body of Christ is built up in unity. And the kingdom's advanced through Christ's church on earth. Yeah, that's the one. Look at that. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. This was the way I started this whole series. It says, I, and this is Paul talking, therefore a prisoner of the Lord, who sometimes feels like they're captive to the Lord. All right. If you haven't felt like you're captive to the Lord, then maybe you need to open your heart to that a little bit. All right. You know, we talk about freedom, but we've got a, We've got a humanistic understanding of freedom and, limit and, and, uh, and, and liberty. But, but Paul's sense of freedom was that he was captive to Christ. Okay, I, Paul, therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He's writing to the church here, isn't he? He's writing to a church who he didn't have to correct error in. He's writing to a church who are hungry for the kingdom. He's writing to a church who are hungry for the things of God. And he says, walk worthy or walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. He's not writing to the pastor of that church. He's writing to the church. So this is a message directly to your heart this morning. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager, I love this, to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Isn't that amazing? The unity of the Spirit is captured in the peace of God, that bond that He has for us. There are people that are are struggling with shame. There are also people that are struggling with anxiety. And some of our young people that are doing their HSCs at the moment, there's a little bit of anxiety there, and I encourage them, cast their cares upon Jesus. Receive from the spirit of peace. Go to war with the word of God against your inhibitions and your emotions in yourself and overcome them because God's given us a strategy because the bond of peace keeps us in unity. Then uh, we moved on to this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm not going to expand these. I'm just going to move through it today. I'm trusting that the Spirit of God's going to breathe on something for you. It may not be the whole thing that I say, but maybe one point. 
Ephesians 4, 11, 1, uh, 11 to 13. And he is just talking of Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm. I said it's not about the pulpit, didn't I? So while we're focused on this and saying that we've made it as a Christian, we forgot the fact that this is not what it's about. The fivefold ministry is all about equipping the entire church to be the church of God and be the release agents of the kingdom and to set free those who are held captive to this world. It's not the fivefold ministry's job to do it. It's the fivefold ministry's job, those who get the opportunity to teach and impart and do the things that God wants them to do, to equip you to do it. And that's what we were doing this morning. Three people were just being released into an area of faith. And as you stepped up and received prayer, you said, my heart is for that and I'm going to do the same thing. I want to set people free because I want to walk to the heart beat or the drum beat of my God's heart. He came to set the captives free. Yeah? So it says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And next week, or one of the next three weeks, I'm going to be talking about the specific body of Christ. But I was talking into this thing of unity, understanding that we are to be as one. That's part of our, 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 that's part of our, our statement, isn't it? To be as one. We need to be as one to release the kingdom of God into who he's called us to be. So that we could grow up into the perfect measure or the the measure of the stature of the, what is it? Fullness. The fullness of Christ that would overflow out of this building as each fits and finds its work. Mm. So we talked about unity. We discussed, and who would remember Young Novia, she stood up on that tray underneath all of those cups and it held, held her up. You remember that image? Yep. The, the remaining strong. Just, again, helping you understand God's got us on this journey and we don't want to lose the lessons he's teaching us along the way. What's on my next slide? I don't know. I've, I've got no idea what's up here. So we're looking at a recap. That's fine. Again, Ephesians 4, we just spoke about that. Yeah, I love this one. I'm going to stay down here today. It's so much better. I love this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. All in one accord. Are you in one accord today? Or, like I said to our worship team this morning and those who were ministering in the service as we prayed, are you focused on the flesh? Are you focused on the things that isn't about the kingdom, but it's about you right now? It's about your comfort, your level of, of, um, of, of comfort, your level of influence into the world. Are you focused on just getting your studies, getting that mark in the HSC, or are you actually focused beyond that? What is, what is this current thing that's standing before me right now that I'm being led through Where is this leading me to? What is this step going to lead me to for my next step for the kingdom of God? One of the things that was said at the conference, which I really loved, 
one of the things he said is we look for the next encounter. We look for the next big thing in Jesus. We look for that place where we encounter him and our lives are going to be radically changed and we're going to be serving him. But we forget the steps that go in between that. That each time we've got to take a step to get towards the, the encounter. And when we change our mindset, that step is actually God leading us still from glory to glory. So the encounter isn't the, the destination, the step actually is for us. There's a glory in the step. There's a glory in the step. There's a glory in the step. So for you doing your HSC, there's a glory in the step if you would give it to God. There's a glory to be found in that as God leads you to take that step of undertaking the, the, uh, the test. There's a glory in trusting him that he will open up to you the wonders and the mysteries that he's already taught you. And you can apply this to any area of your life, whether it be your children, whether it be your parents, whether it be your family, whether it be um, your next step in, will I retire? Will I, set, will I, will I sell my house and move into a, a village? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Will I pack up my stuff, get into a car and my caravan and will I drive around the country? There's a glory in that for you. But if your focus is upon you, the only thing you're going to get out of it is a nice trip. But if you focus on God, you're going to set people free on the way around. You're going to set lights on fire for God. So the challenge in all of this is when you're in one accord, it's who am I for the person in front of me or the person next to me or the person behind me or the person on the left of me? Who's God called me to be in that moment for that person it's again lifting our focus off of ourselves and into the fullness of god amen so i love that it says and suddenly i love this and you're in one accord the spirit of god moves and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire some people need to hear the spirit moves there's divided tongues that's talking about the release of the 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 utterance of tongues it's the release of the prayer language so that you can communicate with your god and he communicates to you as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance i need to say this opening up my bible many of us have had an acts 2 experience many of us have been baptized in the holy spirit there are some here at the moment that are just starting to hunger and starting to yearn for god to touch them in the same way that he touched the the apostles in the same way that he touched those 120 in that upper room some of you are just starting to get that that understanding that you know there's more available for me and when the spirit of god comes on my life you know i'm going to be released that's that next that's that next encounter that you're waiting for but you've got to do the steps to get there you've got to read the word of god to get there you've got to start to let the word of god change the inside of your heart look at these scriptures and say there's something in this for me and and i want that god that's the next thing a deep desire 
I want more of you. And as that deep desire is getting into your life, you step and you go, I want you, God, and I want you above anything else. I want the fullness of what you have for me. I want the fullness. The fullness isn't in the speaking in the tongues. The fullness is being full of the Holy Spirit to the expression and outflow of the kingdom of God in your life. So take your eyes off the gift and put them on the gift giver and you'll get the fullness of God in your life. And then all of a sudden, as you're hungering for God, all of a sudden, he will fill you with his fullness. And sometimes that needs to be released through someone else. They pray for you and you receive the gift of speaking in tongues. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you step out. I've got to, I'm just talking while I find this verse. Acts chapter 4. You've had a Acts 2 experience but you haven't had an acts 4 experience you know what the difference is it was the second time many of us have put our trust in the past where we've had an acts 2 experience where we've been filled with the holy spirit but we haven't been keeping being refilled with the spirit of god Uh, it's there read it acts chapter 4 i'm not even going to look for it acts chapter 4 is looking at peter and the boldness and things that they're praying about and all of a sudden the spirit of god falls upon them because they're in one accord again and he re-baptizes them with the holy spirit We've got to get our focus off the one encounter that we had and realize that we're called to a life of freedom and liberty and that is a life of encounter. And you can encounter God every day. Who's been struggling reading their word? Who's been struggling waking up and praying? Who's been struggling even praying before they go to bed? Yeah, that's the devil. He's trying to tell you that you're out of alignment with God. It's not right. You're not out of alignment with God You're just focused on you. You can have an encounter with him right now, putting him first in your life. And as you encounter him, the spirit of God will breathe on you and he'll set you free again. And guess what? The word comes to life again. Your spirit becomes alive again. Your prayer life, it's not about praying for things. It's actually praying about more of him. And all of a sudden you encounter him more. You can have an Acts chapter 4 experience once you're filled with the Holy Spirit every day if you want. Or you can come together on a Sunday morning like we just did and we all had an encounter together. I think that was pretty awesome. Anyway, that wasn't my message, but you know where I'm going. We talked about Psalm 133, about the oil dripping on your beards. Who's got a beard? The oil drip on your beard. Micah doesn't. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right. Um, Now, just, just, just for giggles, to be as one inspiring faith, imparting hope and expressing love. If you've never heard that before, then maybe you need to fill out one of those pieces of paper, put your name on it and let one of us follow you up and maybe we can have an encounter with God together over our vision together. Hey, Yeah? Getting to understand who we are is a really important step to sowing into the kingdom, sowing into where God's planted you as a church. Okay, so th- that was looking at unity really quickly. Now, the last, the last time I preached then... We looked at week two of that, which was welcome to the family. Who remembers that? If I put this up, will you remember it? I won't go through any of that. I don't even know why I spent the time doing that yesterday. Anyway, you remember that probably. Yeah? At, at church, at Lifeless Church, we believe that every individual has the right to belong. And we talked about the, the face of the man. And we said, well, that's a really weird picture for community, didn't we? 
We, we unpack that a little bit. You know, we can find some really nice pictures of people being in community, holding hands and, you know, singing Kumbaya and all sorts of things, but it doesn't speak to us. Why doesn't it speak to us? Because it needs to remain relevant. The only thing that has to remain relevant in your life is Jesus. It was about connecting with the one man that God sent. God incarnate, coming in the flesh to this earth to live a life that taught people how it was to, to connect with God, how it was to, to receive from God, how it was to live for God, what it looked like for a person that was sold out to the kingdom of God, full of the Holy Spirit, being led into miracles, signs and wonders and teaching with the fullness of wisdom. We looked at that whole sense that, that, that when our eyes are fixated upon Jesus, we want actually nothing more than to be like him. So when we think about community, we've got to have a foundation upon Jesus who died upon a cross to set us free. Who does not sit upon that cross now, is not hanging there even to this day, but he was taken down, he was put in the grave, he went down into captivity and he released it. And he came and he arose again. And he was seen by over 500 people. Go and argue their testimony with them, see how you go. He, he rose again and he taught them and he released understanding. And then he ascended to the right hand of God where you and I are seated in heavenly places with him. As our spirits come to life, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We looked at community was all about being built up into the image of Christ. So you can have one man's head. Now, it doesn't look like Jesus, but every person's image of Jesus can be different. It's just a generic picture of a man's face. But when we understand that we should be conformed into the image of Christ, and as we conformed in the journey, not when, as we are being conformed as the process of sanctification, we get to express his goodness into the community around us. And I talked about us being a family, remember? I talked about things like uh, families should use familial terms like brother and sister, and we looked at scriptures around that um, Probably even on there. Probably even on there. We looked at identity and purpose, that a man came there. We just talked about all that. We looked at, for his, in Christ, Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Who's happy about that? Amen. Again, we're just recapping for five minutes. Praise God. Using familial terms. True son in the faith. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. So, this whole concept of combating the flesh, which is all about me, by the way. If I'm thinking about what I'm going to get when I come to church, then we're not in balance. We're not living in harmony with God. But it's about how across the generations do we remain relevant one to another. Using the familial terms helps us to do that. I see Ian like a father, for example. He's only just a little bit younger than my dad. Only four years. But I look at him like a father. Do you know what I mean? I think about that. I look at you guys and I can look around and I see a brother, a sister. People are struggling with how to communicate with girls. Guys, if you're struggling with how to communicate with girls, then kill the flesh, get rid of the emotion out of it and look at them like your sister. Remember I said that? We talked about these guys over here, if you can remember. <laughs> That'll bring about a little bit of thought and a laughter. Exactly. But we looked at familial terms. Why? Because we're part of the family. 
And then this is another one. If your family's a priority, you always make it to Christmas, doesn't, don't you? If, if your family's a priority and they're going to put on a, a barbecue, you're going to be there. And you always contribute to it. I know with our family we do. I had to cook the fried rice all the time. That was because I didn't get in quick enough and say I was going to do a potato bake, you know. But uh, you, you, you contribute. You make it a priority. You get there. We talked about that whole sense, didn't we? And, and there's some scriptures if you really want to write them down really quickly. We've gone through this so I can rush through it because there's an image I want to give you. We think that we are only attached to a church we need the radical concept that we are the church of God. You're not attached. God never attached you to a church. Okay? He planted you. He grafted you in, if you want to think of it in that analogy. You became part of it flowing because you've been grafted into the root, which is Christ. He produces good fruit, doesn't he? You know, we, we can't see that we are attached to it, but we are either planted, if you like that analogy better, or grafted in. So you become fully like it. Ooh, this is going to go. All right, the third one was developing intimate relationships. Pastor's not going to do that for you. He might open doors and say, this grow group's available for you, why don't you get in there? But it's your responsibility to sow into that and become one with that, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got to think about it. How are you going to think about the around the box? You know, you're contributing, you're using familial terms so you belong. Now you're going to start to see that you've got to develop the relationships. That responsibility is on you. So if you're feeling a little bit isolated and you don't know anybody, again, step into faith. Step in and say, I can do this, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can overcome my own fears and anxieties by going to shake someone's hand and introducing yourself. Right. Again, we'll go through encouraging others in spiritual growth and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Amen? Families like to dig in the ribs. We had a, dig, a rib digger last weekend, do you remember? Families like to dig in the ribs. Sometimes it makes you uncomfortable but it's about stirring and spurring you on. I love the, the analogy last week was amazing. Spurring you on to love and good works. Amen? So, what I wanted to share about the family was a picture that God gave me this morning. I want to invite you just to close your eyes for me. And I'm going to invite our ushers to come and just, just prepare. I'll, I'll call you out. I want you to close your eyes down there in a moment as well. It's just a preparation thing. How do I share this, Lord? We all know the Bible talks of Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. I love that song that we sing, the lion and the lamb. Some of us relate really well with the lamb of God and we run scared of the lion of God. If you're anything like me, I love the Lion of God. I love the fact that he can roar and I, I'm commanded and I'm sort of called to attention. I love the meek and mildness of God. Absolutely. I love the meek and mildness of Jesus. But when I look at Jesus, I don't just see the there, there, everything's going well. 
I see this amazing truth teller that knew how to call it like it was. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I love, I love the line of God. And this morning I was reading a devotion and I was just, maybe this is what it was. I don't know. It was the story of Samson and the honey as he killed the lion and, and uh, the bees. He came back to the carcass and the bees were in the carcass of the lion. Maybe that's what thought I sought it, but when I was praying in my office this morning before service, I got a picture of a young lion, like a lion cub. And I think it's beautiful. And I'm learning lots of things even now as I'm thinking about it. And what I actually heard was like the squeak of a young lion. You ever heard a young lion? Who's ever been to a zoo once the lions have been bought? You ever heard the squeak of a young lion they start to wrestle with their mum and mum they get a bit rough with mum and hurt mum so she gives them a good old whack and they let out a bit of a yelp squeak or they're wrestling with each other and they're squeaking what I really like is I like how they imitate their dad I say I'm not a cat person but I'm a big cat difference between a house cat and an untamed cat <laughs> I, I, I love the images and and even as I'm talking about it Michael and I were the other day last week we were, he was talking to me about Simba you know the Lion King so it's even coming back to me now as he's talking to me about it and, and it's not that particular thing we're talking about what what it is for me is that when Mufasa roared Simba roared with him. And when one roar went out through the land as the king roared, the little roar of Simba didn't go anywhere. It, it, it probably hardly made it to his dad, but he was trying. Yeah? But as I shared with the worship team this morning, what I see is, and I see adolescent lions, not cubs. Almost lions like my son, you know. I'm embarrassed to hear Thomas, but who want to grow a mane but can't quite grow a mane. That's the one, eh? Absolutely. Yeah? We've got a young adolescent lion over here. He's trying. <laughs> he wants to grow a mane, but he's not quite there. And I, I couldn't grow a beard for years. A long, long time. I couldn't grow a beard. Right? That's probably why I've hung on to this one for so long. Okay? Because it just wouldn't come. I couldn't grow anything here. Hey, Tom. Ain't nothing here. And the mo, well, it was just seedy at best. All right? It was horrible. So I tell him all the time, go and shave that off. It's disgusting. Yeah? But a young adolescent lion can't shave it off. Their mane's starting to come out, but who's seen a young adolescent lion? They look a little bit funny. They kind of, they don't know if they're a girl lion or a boy lion in a sense, you know. And I kind of sense in this that God's speaking to us as a church. We haven't made anything yet, but he's leading us into a mighty victory. You see, it's all about maturity, isn't it? It's all about growing up into the things of the Spirit. I love a number of things. The first one is, I talk to us about being a family 
being a tribe. I love this one. They're actually a pride. I love that. And our king, if you like the, the name Mufasa, <laughs> if you like Mufasa, the, our king is Jesus. We're all growing up into his image. We're all growing up into the, you know, and some of us, we're growing little bits of shag around our mane. And the ladies, you know, you can grow up into the image of Christ as well. You don't need a mane to do it. It's about your voice. <laughs> it's about authority, isn't it? Some of you ladies know how to speak with authority. Jamie, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> right? But I love the stages of, as God led me through really quickly. The cub, the adolescent lion, you know, the fighting in between all of that. And then as the adolescent lions, they're getting stronger. They start wrestling with each other because they're preparing. They're preparing because one day they, they see leadership in their life. They're pushing up and they're fighting and they're developing their muscles. They might not have the mane. They might not quite have the roar that goes out across the land. They're starting to get influence within their pride. Isn't that pretty? It's a good image. Starting to get influence in their pride. That's where we're at. We're starting to get influence in the land. And they're just stirring this up and I'm laboring on it because I want you to see it. We'll never make it we can't see the steps that God has us on. When I say we're going to make it, then God's just going to open up the rest of eternity to us so we're going to discover that really the pride became pride and we had to, forget, we had to seek repentance. What I'm saying is that we're all going to be, we've all got to grow into the maturity that is Christ and we can't do it without unity. We can't do it without the image that we're growing through this together. And where someone makes a mistake, we've got to be around to help the other one up. Yeah? Where, where someone's having a go, we've got to be around there to encourage them to have an even more go because they've got to develop the muscles that need to be so that they can roar one day like God. We let out a roar this morning when it was worship. You know, it wasn't quite there, but we let out a roar. And as an adolescent lion, we heard something of the Spirit of God. And we knew that we could get there. We knew that one day we would roar a roar that would be fit for the king. And as a lion pride, God will lead us into the fullness. And it all comes back to unity. You've all got your emblems. The most unifying thing that Jesus could ever do for us was to die for us. Because it opened the door that we could come into his presence. Sin which separated. Sin which cut us off from the family of God was dealt with. And the way was opened. His name is Jesus. This morning as we stand to our feet, do it with courage. Do it with conviction. Do it in saying, I'm letting out a roar today because I'm not content on where I am. I want to sound like my king. I want to be a representation of Jesus here on earth. I want him to receive the fullness of what he died for.
And as we walk it together, His Spirit will blow on us and He will fill us with everything we need. I look around the pride of lions. I looked, I looked at some things this morning, just one thing stuck out to me. I look at the pride of lions. We have 36 children under the age of five years in this church that would call this church home. I look at the roar of those cubs and I'm going to open every door that every one of them will be able to roar like the king. It just stirs me to look at our little cubs and just be excited that God is doing something in their life. As we go through the ages, and we come to those who are coming to the end of what they feel is their journey. There's something in you that you know you have not yet quite let out the roar of the king. And God is going to refire you today. So our focus right now as you hold the emblems comes back to the breaking of shame, comes back to the setting you free of your own mindsets. And that Jesus, as he died for us, he defeated that which would hold us from his relationship as his sons. Lord God, I pray that this moment be a defining moment in our hearts. That whatever stage we are at, whether it being a cub, whether it being a young juvenile or an adolescent lion, whether it be a someone who is maturing and is, is producing fruit and there's more young lions that are coming because we are producing after our kind. Or whether it be, Lord God, those who just feel like that they don't have something to contribute. Lord, change our thinking. Let us capture your heart and in one voice and in one life and in one cause and in one call, may we say we're all about you. May it be about the advancement of your kingdom in Jesus' name. Lord, today, our call, our cry is to say yes to you. And as we take of your body, which was broken for us, we let out a yes in Jesus' name. Let's together, yes. One more time, together. It's a yes to you. Mm. Not one of us are wrong there. As long as our focus is on him. It might be a squeak. It might be a gentle guttural roar. It might be a release of yes that is the roar of the kingdom. Or it stages and together we say, yes, Lord. Let us take and eat in unity today. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, for your blood that was shed for me. Time you made it personal, guys. Jesus, for your blood that you shed for me. I pray that it washes me and cleanses me of all shame right now. Where I have failed, Lord Jesus, 
I turn my eyes from that failure and I put them squarely on you, who is the hope of my salvation. And I ask that my hope would transform to faith, that as I encounter your love, that I would be an expression of your love to those around us. Lord, I pray your will be done. How about we say that together? Lord, your will be done. One more time. Lord, your will be done. In Jesus' name, let us pray.